What up, y'all? It's Brendan Witted, your host for Blow the Whistle, the sports podcast on the That's Black Male podcast network. As always, I'm joined by Carrington Howard. We ask that on whatever platform you listen, please rate, review, and subscribe. Without further ado, let's get to it. Birdman. Hey, it's good, it's good to get back with you. Well, I got you. I see you with the Birdman hand rub already, so you know what it is. You know what it is. <laughs> All three of y'all. All three of y'all. So, um, we even started, we start every uh, That's Black Male podcast with a What You Want. Uh, we're going to change it up just for this this week after the election. Well, as it's still kind of still going on, but, um, <laughs> but after I guess everyone else called the election, um, the, this alleged election <laughs> that y'all had, election, you you Dems had something else going on. <laughs> she, we only re- we only refer to the legal election. <laughs> fuck. <laughs> well, what? Fuck, but, but the what? What you want? Uh, benchmark is pretty much just about. Like, you know, things you watch, things you consume content-wise, because, you know, everybody's stuck up in the house. So I'm going to flip it up a little bit on you, Carrington. What was the best meme, gif, or whatever you saw that came about as a result of the election? Because there, there were – Oh, my God. There were, <laughs> there were several. There were there were several. Uh, and, it's, and, it, and it's – yeah, it was, it was pretty deep in the game. It was oh, deep. man. Dog, you caught me so off guard with this. I know, uh, I, know I, did. I know I did. I forgot to tell you that I was gonna change. I was gonna change. Damn, bro. You know what? I'm because you know it's been a week, and like the way yeah. just 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 my mind goes. Let it, let it marinate. We're gonna come back to that. We're gonna come back to it <sighs> at the end because I definitely forgot to check to tell my you phone, see what I bookmarked and shit. Damn. <laughs> yeah, let me run back. But so I'll chew on that. Yeah. But one thing I didn't want to mention that I'm actually am watching like on the typical. Um. I just discovered this joint. I say discovered like it's not promoted on the app, but uh, HBO Max got this series, um, Two Weeks to Live. And yeah, so based off the title, I'm sure, you know, your mind goes certain places. Maybe it's, you know, horror, suspense, action, or even it could be, you know, drama, you know, somebody terminal illness, whatever. But um, it's actually kind of a, I guess, like action, comedy, fusion you know what i'm saying think um kind of similar tone to like a, a zombie land you okay feel me? yeah yeah that, that, that. no 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 um narration to it but you know kind of that that tone that vibe yeah. um the main character though um Maisie williams uh who we all probably better know as the legend Arya stark okay yeah that's right bitches <laughs> Back on back on her uh Revenge World Tour, you know what I'm saying? First episode, she's hunting some 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 yeah, indeed, indeed. You know, you know, on back on her best bullshit. She's hunting some dude down who uh who killed her pops, you feel me? And then just the misadventures ensue from there. But her and her mom have been living in like, you know, solitude out in the woods. Um, it's almost like they're bunkering down for the end of the world more or less so that's kind of what she's been on but then she encounters uh some guys they're in uh it's probably london some city in great britain probably london but um yeah just encounters uh some dudes in the city uh while she's hunting dude down and then just it carries on from there but uh, i'm about three episodes in and yeah it's here for yeah. you 
give, oh, give, give me the name one more time. Give me the name and the uh, uh, two weeks to live. I think it is an HBO Max original. I got to double check. It could be on HBO as well, but if you haven't seen that on there, then probably not. But um, yeah, I've been watching HBO Max, and it's yeah, it's like that. Good, so good to see Arya back in the fold. I was about to say I haven't seen her in anything since Game nah, of Thrones. I don't I, think. I, she was in she was in the New Mutants. I'm pretty sure. Oh, okay, I didn't see her. Yeah, I didn't. But see her. yeah, nobody saw. You know that theater release got uh, all skewed. So yeah, really, I haven't seen her in anything either. And I was wondering, like, yo, you come on, man, you was like one of my faves. Please don't let the career fall oh, <laughs> fall off a cliff after this. She, I guess she's playing the straight woman, right? Like she's not the because I can't imagine her being funny. Yes, she's not funny uh, because, keep in mind, like, she's been removed from society all her life, so she's super awkward, like, she doesn't get a lot of references and shit like that, but that leads to funny, but yeah, she's not cracking jokes or nothing. Okay, I was asking, because I can't, I can't see Arya start giving me a, a hard five minutes nah. on the page. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Women be shopping? Women be shopping. Nah, that's not her. Um, not. If we, uh, for the What You Want, I was, um, I so to get away from the election coverage, I was watching Grand Army. Uh, it's a series. Oh yeah. I mean, on Netflix, my bad. And it's essentially just about uh, teens in New York growing up and going to high school and like some yep. of this stuff. And like, I tried to binge it, and that was not a good idea. That is not one of those bingeable shows, man. That's not like a, as opposed to yours, which seems like a fun romp. Uh, oh, for sure. Yeah, for this sure. Is, so but I, yeah, yours I, I, not. I didn't get that far in it, but it's kind of like Euphoria. Like in terms, of you want tone, wide tone, and it's it's a uh, it's a heavy word for for children a little bit. <laughs> now yeah. I'm not, not gonna front, Uncle Brendan. Small bites. Relax. Small bites. Yeah, man. yeah. Like yeah. you're not gonna want to try to put multiple multiple episodes together. But I mentioned the politics part of it uh, at the top of this thing, and we saw a lot of politics and sports mixing. Uh, I know that that's even in the last three years that's something that we've seen kind of uh, been it's kind of proliferated in, in both atmospheres just because of probably our commander-in-chief he has had no uh no no biting of his tongue as it pertained to to speaking about athletes and i think athletes are kind of taking that cue to like you know what if we're you know uh important enough to, to talk on this national scale we're, we're important enough to talk back um, and they've done that in a myriad of ways, and we saw it. So, like, I, I want to get some of your thoughts on, on some of these that I just wrote down real quickly. The Steelers uh, feeding the poll workers uh, in, in Pennsylvania who were, who were, you know, working throughout the night, uh, which, side note, it's just crazy how many of those people had to be volunteers. I, I, I would have assumed that there were, like, actual, you know, paid people on um, in these different states handling these things or maybe municipalities. I, I I never really thought about it until like the actual logistical, you know, now that the logistics of what a, what the voting procedures are have come into question, it, it has been interesting kind of like learning some of that stuff, but they fed uh, the poll workers that a lot of times they're working through the night and just getting up in the morning and going right back. Uh, LeBron James, along with uh, more than a vote and, and some other organizations help pay the fines for felons so they can have their voting rights restored. And the Atlanta dream, I know a team close to your heart, the WNBA team, has been actively campaigning for Senator Loeffler's opponent, Raphael Warnock, which is funnier. Audience, audience, I don't know why he's laughing because I take the WNBA 
quite seriously. No, okay? no I'm, I'm laughing she, because she's, she's laughing at the women, folks. Oh, all right, he's I'm, laughing I'm, at the women I'm, athletes. I'm Get very- him. <laughs> Find him on social media and cancel him. Don't worry. Don't worry. I'll, I'll take care of his estate and everything. I got it. I've got it under control. But yeah, cancel that, man. I, 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 but no. As always, therefore. But no, Lafleur <laughs> is a part owner of the Atlanta Journal, yeah. uh, who had several disparaging comments about Black Lives Matter. And considering that, you know, that sport is a high percentage. I don't know what the percentage is, but a high percentage of African. Like 70. Only, I, 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 I don't know. I that number is what I think I saw. Um, Megan uh, Rapinoe, like, mentioned in an article talking about, like, kind of the difference in uh, perception for between women's soccer and uh, women's basketball. And I want to say she said 70, but it's around that. You know what I'm saying? Definitely some three-fourths area. So she decided to put the bulls out on her, and and the dream players were like, cool, we'll shoot. Um, But, like, what what do you kind of think about – that like moving forward is that going to be something that we see more frequently or is it because we do have had a change in leadership that uh that things will maybe go back to you know a semblance of what they were previously which is athletes kind of just kind of playing their role and 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 doing their job and going home nah man um how do you say it the monkey only go comes out of the box it doesn't go back in right. i think that's from pineapple express or whatever but um yeah, basically now. Wait, are we are like the Jack in the Box thing? Because it definitely does go back in. That's how you. <laughs> no, no, no. Oh. <laughs> I'm, that's what he said. He was like, "Monkey only comes out of the box, doesn't go back in." But um, I love that movie. Uh, yeah. Now that we've kind of breached this territory, I don't really see what would what would be the the catalyst to go back. You feel me? Like no, now it's almost like this has become the new norm. Not new normal, because I'm tired of that phrase. But you know, the new norm, like, because you've you've seen what it can be if you're more outspoken, if you're more active, and there wasn't any like blowback that you really felt and any negative impact of that. So why not continue with that trend? Um, and I really hope that it continues. Uh, we did mention uh, the Atlanta Dream and WNBA in general uh, has always been like the the standard bearers uh, for activism and you know speaking on social issues, political issues, and for that that one in particular, um, I don't think it can get more relevant and impactful because we've got runoffs for those Senate seats in Georgia, and she is running for uh, the Republican seat in. Yeah, man, we, we got to do everything we can. Loeffler, yes, Kelly Loeffler is. So we have to do everything in our power. And if athletes uh, can have a hand in that, uh, whether the local ones and across any athletes from here, you know what I mean, who may play in other states but have a vested interest because of, you know, their friends, family who are still here, like we need all the help we can get, galvanize all the energy that we can. So I'd love to see it continue, you know. Um, and beyond that, beyond these, this particular election, um, future elections and just future social matters, um, you mentioned Pittsburgh Steelers feeding those poll workers. To me, that's like the least you can do uh, as that organization. You know, the, that family um, 
it's generational, generational, generational wealth. Yeah, that so, was in Allegheny County, um, where mm -hmm. the kind of the last bastion of uh, those those votes were being tallied, and so that was mm -hmm. you know kind of all eyes, you know, the country's eyes were on them. Obviously, mm -hmm. Georgia, um, and to a certain extent, uh, a few other states. But yeah, that was. I mean, I think that was the players. I, I should have been. I should have been more clear. The Pittsburgh. When I say the Pittsburgh Steelers, I didn't mean the. I don't think the organ. I don't think it was the organization. I think it was the players. And Tomlin, I'll, I'll go back and double check that as we go through this. But I, I don't think it was through the. Uh, I don't think it was through the actual team itself. I should have been more clear on that. Which would be trash, if. Here's here's my thing. You know, it, it gets a little twisted um, in media um, and for the general public uh, when looking at these athletes and even maybe the more prominent coaches. Um, especially when they start to get into like uh, matters of their contract negotiations, things like that. Uh, you hear the, the phrases all, you know, how when, when talking about whether they're going to like hold out or renegotiate, you know, there, there's this tone as if, you know, the nerve of these players, these millionaires, oh, they've got so much money, you know, how much do they need? But in comparison to those owners and the executives, it, it's a candle in the sun. You know what I mean? Like, if your owner is a billionaire, I want, we really have to keep in perspective how much different that is than being a millionaire. That's a million millions. You know what I'm saying? Like, over and over and over. So, if they can do that, the players can go into their pockets. For the general yeah, public. Members of the team. I'm just now rereading the yeah. members of the team. Like, if they can do that, then where, where are you at, owners? You know what I mean? Like, that's what I thought was hoping would be one of the outcomes of the players, the NBA teams um, boycotting those games, is putting more pressure on the owners, um, whether, it was be, whether it be holding to the fire about their campaign contributions, okay, and who they're supporting uh, behind these closed doors. Like, you can get out here and make these public statements all you want about Black Lives Matter, you're supporting us and our causes, but money talks. So we need to see where your loyalties really lie. And then even beyond just political matters, just in the streets, you are in these, a lot of you are in these areas, these cities, um, this, you know, not a lot of affluence here. Uh, Y'all, in a lot of cases, are like the main generator of the economy. Like, we should see more action from you in these streets. So, you know, it, it's, to me, when I see players and coaches uh, on, the, on, the, on the ground level uh, doing that work, like, it just reflects to me kind of poorly on ownership because if they can do it, there's no reason I shouldn't see you at least right there alongside them, if not independently. Well, I mean, you, you mentioned um, where their contributions are going. And that was a really good article. And I actually referenced this. You can go uh, to sportschannel8.com. Uh, I have a piece up over there. I do some work over there with those guys with some radio hits as well. Um, but just, that kind of outline where people are, are donating. Some of the ownership is donating, but my piece is mostly about the NBPA, the National 
Basketball Players Association getting together and because they have been so outspoken about this Black Lives Matter movement, uh, they've been so outspoken on every time there is a new hashtag, which sadly is very, very frequently, uh, that they have been almost to a man against it. Not not 100%, but a lot of them, especially a lot of the more vocal and important for this, this story, um, affluent and wealthy ones. Um, and so I, I thought it would, they should take it upon themselves to, to form a super PAC to start flooding some of these local campaigns with money for the, the politicians that deem it necessary to come up with real sort of fundamental police change. And, and how you do that, I don't know. Like, not in terms of how you put the super PAC together. That's a relatively easy uh, process, especially given the amount of money that they're able to generate. But you know, how exactly you would go about picking who, what candidate to do it. I think that it would be a lot like the tail wagging the dog in that situation. If there's money to be had somewhere, we know that politicians will respond, which is what the NBA ownership has seen, as you see that they give uh, thousands or, or millions of dollars in these in these different places. I also want to bring up something that happened earlier today, maybe a few hours ago. Uh, Mark Cuban actually was talking about uh, the runoffs. Uh, the the owner of the Dallas Mavericks. He was talking about the the runoff elections here in Georgia, and he was talking about that he didn't want people to donate, or he I guess posed it as a question. But the insinuation was, why not instead of donating to a Democrat or Republican, you donate to local food shelters here in Atlanta or or here in Georgia? In Atlanta, I guess was where he was talking about, or uh, maybe just across somewhere across the state. But I. I I guess I just took that as somebody, as you mentioned, trying to put the monkey back in the box, right? Where you're trying to do this, you know, this bipartisan, not, uh, you know, both sides, like, hey, um, let's do something over here, even though that really doesn't have anything to do with the conversation that we're having anywhere else. Right. Mark, Mark, Marky Mark. You know, I'm not going to question, like, your intentions with that or your motives, but it's, I find it funny that you only suggest that now that the state, at least uh, for the presidential portion, went blue. I didn't hear none of that when it was red. You know, and I, I'm not getting into, you know, your politics and, you know, uh, which party you align with. But, yeah, that's just the timing is funny. Timing is very funny, my guy. Yeah, and that's I don't mean, a weird I, time to kind of pull that ripcord of let's let's be above. Me? Somehow let's be above right. this, even though yeah. it's all very obvious that this is an important, you know, these are important. Like, like if you have any sort of fundamental uh, feelings about some of the things that are involved here in terms of, like, protecting society, our health, uh, the Bro. wealth, particularly of um, African-Americans, like, these, these things are all kind of on the ballot box because these are important things if you're going to, if the Democrats are going to control Knowing the house and yeah, the, no, this is critical. This is critical. Like this with the with these last runoffs, the Senate is up for grabs, and now you want people to, I guess, like dial it back or yeah. He said, "Wait, like, uh, their focus." Officially, what his 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 reasoning was is the fact that do you really want more political ads and like, hey man, the the election first off is January. Man, shut the fuck up, yo! Shut the fuck up, <laughs> man. <laughs> you really want more political ads? during an election race huh <laughs> but 
give it a couple months and you'll see a lot less political ads, G. Yeah, also, I, I don't know if anybody really wants to hear a billionaire talk about how other people need to spend their money because I don't, I don't really, I don't really think right. I'm here for just, just generally right. speaking, like, yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't think to hear yeah, get out of my pockets. <laughs> yeah, get out of my pockets. <laughs> like, what's uh, right. what are we doing right here? Uh, speaking of Funny. what are we doing? Um, so this was I was just happy to be watching this game because I'm an ACC guy and Notre Dame has decided to be a part of the ACC this year. Cool. Um, but they're they're they played Clemson and won in South Bend. So they were at Notre Dame. Despite both teams being the top five ranked in the top five in the country, uh, Notre Dame decided to storm the field, which would be weird and under any circumstance. But there's a whole panoramic going on outside, man. Uh, so, like, like, oh. <laughs> you want to relax with that real quick, man? <laughs> a whole pandemonium, my G. <laughs> whole pandemonium out here. And <laughs> look at you. Real Running on the field. Out here, bro. You Y'all out here. You motherfuckers out here playing Twister. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Jumping in the ball pit. Just watching it, it, it felt weird. So, like, I've, I've gotten to the place now where, like, I'm so kind of averse to large crowds that, like, even when I'm watching TV, like, of stuff that happened pre-COVID and all of a sudden, I'm like, ooh. Catching anxiety. You know what I mean? a lot so, like, of anxiety. Now, like, I was literally like, is this a is this an old video of when before folks was just – before they were dying at mass? <laughs> was this before then? Because y'all right. are perfect. Y'all are right. big time tripping. So I'm trying to figure out. So here's the question. Is there a sporting event where you would storm a, storm a field, go and con- congregate with other folks in the midst of the, in the, midst of the panic? Uh, panic at the disco. Yeah. And here we are storming the field. Would I do that for a sporting event? A sporting event. Or any event. If you got another event, then, then go ahead and hit me with that one. Okay. For a sporting event, I honestly can't think. Like, first of all, there's only certain sporting events I'm even, I'm even like, pressed to be at. And then to storm the field, then I'll have to be, like, investing in it, you know, be, like, one of my teams winning it, big upset, something. But I've always saw, uh, viewed storming the field as like a ludicrous action like what are y'all doing like i i don't like i don't like crowds like that unless there's something you know something in the crowd for me okay and i'll i'll leave it at that but and it's usually accompanied by a soundtrack okay so <laughs> so i'm not really down with the whole crowds thing sporting event eh. I really don't see it. Like my team would have to win the championship well, to do that. Because you're 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 from Atlanta. I don't know how if you categorize yourself as a Falcons fan. Oh, for sure. But you're for from sure. Atlanta, so like, if, if I they, still wouldn't do it. You know? Okay. Nope. All right. I was just about to say no. the Super Bowl. Storm the would I storm the field? Uh, hold on, man. Let me not firm. I mean, that's that's basically all right. It, maybe, if I happen to be there, all right, maybe. All right, maybe it doesn't have to. All right, let me let me let me let me let me flip it in reverse real quick. Maybe you don't have to actually physically be there and storm the field, you know, because I don't. You don't really do yeah. that in the Super Bowl for real. I don't. I don't think. Definitely not. No. Nah. Uh, but like, go to a large gathering. Let's say. Yeah. Like, like the parade. The yeah, parade like for a parade or something like that. Like you, you like when you. I, I would heavily not- consider it. Like, say the Falcons won won the Super Bowl, I would heavily consider it, or at least go out 
to the, whatever area was in the car or something like that. I, I consider it, but, um, in the end, probably not, but for a general event, like risking the Rona. Yeah. Oh, there is no question. There's for sure. One <coughs> distinct and esteemed event. And we all know homecoming at the oh. illustrious and now presidential Howard University. Would I risk it? Come on, baby. <laughs> it, and if it, honestly, if I contracted it and went out, it'd be a good death. <laughs> it'd be worth it. You know what I'm saying? That, but no, no. Nah, nah, that, that I've been pretty, pretty okay this whole time. Like I've had some bad days or whatever. But like missing homecoming and, and getting reminded every three seconds by Instagram or Facebook yep. or like, oh memories just pop up in my in my photo album. Uh, like, dog, fuck the memories. I'm about to cry. Yeah, I'm about rough. to cry over here. And it, what's funny is I didn't plan to go anyway. Uh but I wasn't I wasn't hurt because I wasn't there. I mean, yeah, yeah. Not so much that I wasn't there, that wasn't happening, period. That I couldn't even like see other people you know the rest of us enjoying it you know what i'm saying just the fact that it's not, not it's going not down yeah you feel me like yeah, that right. energy isn't 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 being like proliferated to us i was definitely gonna go. into the world like i i had planned to go this year so i was like oh this is nah i was gonna take the year off but that's guess what guess what 2021 hey 2021 start getting your shit together right now right now don't you ruin this. Um, that vaccine? Come on, man. <laughs> hey, man. We got to put all the energy. Got to put all the energy out there that we can, baby. We need this. We need this. But, yeah, generally, dog, nah, not, not no sporting event. That shit is trash. Stop storming the field. It's garbage. <laughs> I don't really get it either, but, I mean, I, I've never been in a situation. Stop doing it for random games. All yeah, y'all definitely. did was y'all just won a game, yeah. a regular season game in a season that's super random and asterisky. Yeah, come on, yeah. baby. It's like it, it was a, it was a weird decision, even if it hadn't been this whole thing going on. But like them yeah. doing it, man, was, was pressed like, penny. Yeah, You're pressed um, penny right now. So the NFL and NFL ownership voted to approve the incentive-based hiring of minority coaches and executives. So there are currently four uh, minority head coaches and three minority executives in the 32-team league. So the incentives uh, include rewarding a team uh, back-to-back third-round compensatory picks if another team hires a member of their staff to a higher role. Um, And then the coach or executive has to be with that team for at least two seasons, I think. Yeah, minimum two years. Um, I meant to – that's a quick one. I meant to read back over that. The coach has to be with the new team for two. No, years. no, I, I think he had to be with the previous the team. Thing, yeah, the previous team. That's what I thought. Years, yeah, because they want to make yeah. sure you know if they're you know one year, then you're not really losing out on that much. I'm assuming is the is the uh, rationale behind that. But I guess I just kind of want to know what you, what you think about not necessarily even the specifics of the plan, but more so that the NFL felt the need to um, have to comp like compensate teams as an incentive in order to hire uh, minority coaches and executives i just i'm trying to wrap my head around 
this part. The owners decided this. Yeah, the, right? they, they they ratified yeah. it. I believe. I think I think they voted to approve it. I don't I don't think it goes into effect until next yeah. year. I think is is what I read. But uh, but they voted to to approve the uh, the uh, the compensation picks. Right. Now, help me out. Correct me if I'm wrong. But who has final say on personnel decisions, staffing on a team? Cat sign the check. The owners, right? Yeah. Now I, I don't. I don't know how much different owners. I think are have a different. Sure. Level. Yeah, the level of involvement yeah. for sure, for sure, for sure. So I'll shoot, I'll shoot them some bail. Maybe let's let's say half of them aren't really that involved in the day to day. Basically, those calls are getting made by the GMs, you know, and so forth. So if if that be the case, cool. For the executives, um, I'm 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 assuming for the executives, they probably have more of it because the further you get, yeah, further you get away from the field, probably the more likely that ownership is a little bit more heavily invested in in, in the interview process and and culling yeah. folks out and stuff like that. Because ultimately, there are not too many people over the GM, and they're not even too many people right. over the head coach. So even right. though the head coach, I'm not as sure about, I feel confident that the ownership is sitting with every GM candidate to determine yep. whether or not they're they're really a, a viable option. So, when it comes to the executives, because the numbers are basically the same for, like, percentages of coaches and execs. But when it comes to the execs, man, the the dearth and lack of minority executives is really a problem that has existed and persisted under the watch of you owners. So instead of incentivizing amongst yourselves, how about you? How about you just hire and retain more? Like you, you could kind of solve this problem in house and by yourself, just by having more faith and appreciation for, in large part, guys who play like the bulk of guys who play the game like is asinine to me for the sport, the players to be comprised heavily of black and minority players. And then you get to the coaches and it's flip flopped. It's bananas, bananas to me. Man, I mean, and it does seem like they're acknowledging that they won't do it otherwise though. Right. Like, I mean, if, if that's the, yes. if that's the case, right. Like the, if, if the case is, this like, is the last resort. It's the fact that they know they're not going to, right. It's like you hire, you have to dangle the carrot, right. Yeah. You hire a train in the gym. Why? Cause you know, you're not about to get up and work out. You know exactly. what I mean? Like you need, you need that sort of, Feminine. I mean, in this yeah. case it's a carrot yeah. and not a stick, but you need yeah. something yeah. in order to, to get you there. Now, I mean, like, so it's to me, this is like the real life um, Alonzo Morning meme, where you're like, I mean, I'm glad they're addressing it. Does yeah. it suck that they have <laughs> to? But I mean, at least they're admitting that there's a problem. You know, because and th- there has been a a pushback about even admitting that there's a problem. It's oh, we're hiring the best candidates. We don't see color. Sure, yeah. Like that whole you know that whole nonsense of we don't see color. By the way, I don't ever believe that. Like <laughs> nobody. One, I don't believe you. That's the first thing. And then two, even if that were the case, you'd still be part of the problem because that means you're just yeah. turning a blind eye to what an entire uh, 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 section yeah. of what's going and, on in the world. And it, yeah, and even if you want to play that color thing, all right, fine, you don't see color, 
that's actually cool with me because there's no such thing as that. Y'all created that concept. But you know what you do and don't see? Yourself. Okay. You see what is you, what looks like you and others and the others that don't or the others. We are the others. So you know the difference between that. Like whether you see it as a color or their race or whatever, you see what is not like you or what uh, people who come from a different background as you who move different, who talk different. So that's what you do see. And that's what you do fear or apprehensive about. And when it comes to the coaches, here's what I want to see, man. I mentioned that clause about whether the coach has to remain or be with the new team or be with the old team. Because my issue, in addition to just the initial hiring of these minority coaches, has been the retention of them. The leash for minority coaches is a fraction of what it is for the white coaches. All right. This is, I don't know if y'all can hear that, but yeah, finger snap. Like you've got you've got two years. You got really two years. And even if you have a decent two years, make the playoffs one of them, eh, we just are ready for one of our guys. I so mean, Jim Caldwell and Patricia, right? Like, but Detroit Lions coach Jim Caldwell had far more success than uh, Patricia has, despite the fact that he was not hasn't didn't have nearly the same amount of of leeway whenever he didn't have a a, a winning season. And Matt Patricia's going on year three, I think, of not winning anything. And so nothing. Caldwell was going to the playoffs or right at or eight and eight or nine seven when he was there that wasn't good enough but now that you are scraping the bottom of the barrel of the nfc north it's we all good and we want to make sure we give them time i think that detroit is kind of the most stark contrast that is very obvious and very plain of hey it's not what's the the adage is you have to be twice as good right that black people have to be twice as good in order to get the same thing which is by the way not a healthy way to think you're not going to be twice i mean like that's yeah. Yeah, I mean like everybody's not gonna be twice. <laughs> like that's just that's that's an unattainable okay. bar, right? And the fact that's even kind of crazy. But like if there is some reality to it. And so like that's you know, I don't I don't know how you fix that. I don't know if third round picks are gonna do it. You know what I mean? Because honestly, like if you actually hire the best people, Eric Bienemy, the offensive coordinator for Kansas City Chiefs that has been the offensive coordinator, was was there last year and the year before when they were top one and two. Uh, offense in the in the NFL, he would have been had a job, right? You would like when they were doing that whole we want a Sean McVay type, whatever that looked. It seemed like all the Sean McVay types just looked like young white dudes. Like there was no, like, like that's all you like. Oh hey hey, it's a Sean McVay type. Why are we having an Eric enemy type? Like I got if it, if you're consistently at the top of the league with with how you're con, uh, controlling the the league's best offense, why don't we want more his type? Well, because that's not the type you want. You want the young white dude and so like straight up that, it, it, like it, if he yeah if he doesn't have a head coaching job next like next year y'all looking funny in the light but but, but funny a good life. coach is probably worth more than a third round you know what i mean like even if like without the the like I, is that enough of an incentive to get them off the off the bench because like i mean yeah having a third round pick is cool i mean that's that's probably i don't think it is i, I don't think it's enough because because they'll they'll flip and dole those out and throw those in trades like it's nothing, like, they, like socks. You know what I mean? I mean, you'll usually have – he'll usually be on your team. 
Well, yeah. he's not, you know, that mo more often but than not. He'll he also usually gone. be gone yeah. after that rookie contract is up. So keep like, it a buck. I, yeah, like I, I, I don't know if that's enough, but it's sad that it's that it's taking this this long. Uh, I want to I want to switch to our favorite sport, the NBA. Um, the NBA and the MBPA agreed in principle to have a 72 game schedule, and it's going to start right before Christmas, which has been kind of their kind of the unofficial start of the casual NBA fan has been Christmas Day. Um, and so they're going to start on December 22nd. Uh, one, are you surprised at the turnaround on how quickly this went? Because I saw this date pop up probably a couple weeks ago, and I was like, there was some pushback from the MBPA about, hey, you know, that's, that's not giving our guys enough time, especially the, the teams that went deeper in the playoff. Uh, but but the, um, I think it was just the amount of money that the players, as well as the rest of the league, could, could potentially lose. The league is projecting – Losing four billion dollars, um, and so I don't know how how you know a lot of that has to do with the, there are going to be fewer fans in the stands. Yeah, they're already coming up attendance. with protocols about if you're you know if you're going to be courtside, you have to get tested. I think have a, a certain amount of negative tests, and it's going to be a whole bunch of stuff that they're going to have to try to come up and do. But there's just going to be less fewer fans in the stands. Uh, so one, are you are you because uh, were you surprised about the turnaround? And then two, so some of the things that they proposed to try to make up some of that, that potential shortfall, it's going to be hard liquor sales at some of these games and uh, increased in arena gambling. Um, what, what would you, if you were trying to come up with something in order to, to make more bread, and, and we just at the whiteboard right now, they're like, no bad ideas. We're trying to make up this windfall. How are you getting it? I'll throw one out there, and this is kind of a joke, but also might have some legs. Um, barbershops or things like, like the <clears throat> okay, after renovating uh, State Farm Arena, they got a barbershop in there. I don't know how many people actually go to it, but when I saw that, I was like, no, oh, that's that's not a bad idea, and you can see like. Yeah, uh, yeah, there's just glass right there, window, so you can watch, still watch the game while you get your hair cut. You know what I mean? Like, like a very specific to Atlanta sort of thing, which I think, like, I mean, I did. Like, that's, I think that's hella dope. Yeah. I'm trying to imagine, yeah, like, I mean, like, so it might not be a barber shop in every arena. Right, I was about to say, I'm trying but, to imagine a cut in Minnesota. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, in Phoenix, you know, everybody just running uh, to get a shape up. But, you know, something to to that extent like a service um that you can throw in there uh while the fans are in attendance um <laughs> gambling shoot if y'all if y'all are doing more in arena gambling let's let's go ahead and get this world series of dice popping <laughs> <laughs> sam <laughs> bought this baby straight cash <laughs> <laughs> my name Leonard washington from a little place called None of your goddamn business. <laughs> uh, what you call it? Ashley, Larry, Larry, Larry. Here's what I would really like to see. I'd like to see them have – so, like, uh, you got NBA League Pass, and they have different, um, I guess, tiers of how they do it. They got one that you can just, just purchase per game and do it that way, or you can do it um, multiple games, like, per monthly. And then another one, they do multiple games monthly without commercial. So you get all the in-arena stuff. I never get that one because I don't – care about what's happening in the arena that's very very like watching babies crawl across that court isn't that, that does nothing for me but okay do you um 
I think they should have like another level where it's like you get like on court, uncensored, what's actually being talked about. Cause I that's one of the things I really liked about the bubble, right? Like there was a lot uh there was a lot of chatter, like chitty chat chatter. And I liked it. I liked it a lot. I would definitely pay more per month to hear that. Hey. Stop violating my First Amendment rights, okay? And and the players. I want it uncensored, unfiltered, raw. Oh, baby, I like it raw. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, stop, stop. Cut, cut, cut out the bleeps. Right. right? Like, cut out like, the cutouts. Man, we all grown-ups here. Like, like, or at least I will be if I'm paying $50 a month to watch this, right? Like, yes. Yeah, yeah. Ain't no... Bro, everybody with this league pass is an adult. Yeah, so, like just yeah. So I don't, I don't want the family friendly version. Like, and if I can, I can monitor and parent my children. Like, get out of here, or or hey, these are adults; they get to say whatever they want. And you're not going to hear it that often. That's a great idea, actually. I like. I, it's idea. funny to hear, like, oh, uh... stop the presses, ladies and gentlemen. Brendan had it. A phenomenal idea. Hey, I have one. Let's market, market in your calendars. All, all Let's it go. Took, all it took was a pandemic, baby. Pandemic. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say, all it all it took was quarantine, man. All it took was quarantine. But to hear the Cheerio references uh, about people, was, <laughs> well worth the price, my dude. <laughs> well worth the price. Straight so, up, nah. But look, as far as as far as the uh, the restart and the timeline. I'm not the least bit surprised about it. Um, they're not going to miss Christmas. Right. Like y'all, for for the players, you know, who are griping about it. Hey man, y'all like money too, right? Okay, that is prior to the playoffs. That is your day. That is the day. You don't want to miss that. Um, and if you push it back any further, then you're either constricting the season even further what getting down to like 60 and i know you've it's been done before but you're not you're not trying to do that if you can avoid it or pushing the um the end of the season you know deeper into uh into the summer and for the pushback about like oh it's not enough time since the end of the season fam y'all already had an off season i mean some do you, i mean some some yeah. longer than the others, right? Like, so if you're the Lakers or the Heat or the Nuggets or something like that, like your your off season was cut pretty significantly short, right? Like, because you wouldn't norm that was no, it was. They had they had four months off. No, it hasn't been four months. No, no, no. They, no, they, I'm talking about from March to yeah. July. Oh, I mean, you already had an off season. Okay, I, I don't know if I and would, then came back for a couple months, like. I don't know if I would consider that really an off-season, considering, like, what, you know, they it, it, that, that was a really weird time. Was, everybody's locked down. You're not even able to, like, get to your, you know, your trainers and stuff like that to get your body worked on. Some of the things that you would normally do in an off-season, like. But I that's mean, not yeah, their that's concern. That That's not their concern. Their concern about the guys who went deeper right. into the playoffs was just, is just rest and recovery. And my thing is, you had three months off, three months of rest. And your point about not, you know, being in training really lends even more to my point. Y'all were chilling, chilling. So that was three months of really no strain on your body. So how much how much rest do you need, fam? Like, you get a couple months off, 
and then get back into it. And that's only, what, a couple teams for the most – anybody aside from Lakers, Heat, uh, Nuggets, and Celtics, y'all have been done since September. So by the time Christmas rolls around, you've had strong two months off after being off for three to four months. It'll also like, be interesting because be right. there won't be a bubble this time, right? They're going to just – conceivably, it's just going to be their – they're just having a regular season just with fewer fans. Trying to travel and do all that stuff because the numbers are spiking everywhere, right? Like we're, we're having, you know, we're getting some of the highest averages uh, that this country has seen since this whole thing started. So to try to do, have a regular season, the longer, the longer the season goes, the more likely there is going to be these things that we're seeing in the NFL. We're seeing Pac-12, man, like they had, uh, uh, a player that's been uh, Utah had a player that was hospitalized. Um, one one team lost the, the quarterback ninety minutes before the game. Another had thirty plus on the coronavirus list. Like, like it's not it's not easy. Now I know college yeah. presents its own set of challenges, but we're not going to be dealing with the NBA bubble stuff that we saw. Uh, yeah. in, you know, in the playoffs and stuff like that. That's not what, what we're going to see. We're going to see more regular life NBA. Yeah. And I wonder if that's going to be uh, really feasible with, with, with how basketball is. It's going to be a lot of G League call-ups, man. Yeah, and they're, and they're going to do, do some stuff with the uh, – there's proposal to extend two-way players and how long they can be in the NBA. Uh, mm-hmm. Before us, I think it's been captured like uh, – 30 days all told and might champ up to 45 or something like that. I wouldn't be surprised if you saw, if you saw some of that as well, because teams are going to need a lot more flexibility because I have a hard time believing we're going to go through a, uh, an entire 72 game season clean without losing, not just a player, but important players to this whole thing. I want to, I want to jump really, really quickly and we'll get out of here on, <clears throat> on some of this stuff with the NBA coming back. You get the NBA drama coming back, which is, I, I really really enjoy it. prime time. So the the so you pick you pick the one that's most interesting to you. Victor Oladipo uh, reportedly asked several teams, and this was a report on the Athletic. Reportedly asked several teams in the earshot of his teammates if he could play with them. And the Heat and the Knicks were among some of those teams. And then uh, according to several reports, there's strife in Houston with several players being unhappy with their role, and Russ and Harden, according to Stephen A. Smith not wanting to play together. Which one of those is, is the most interesting? Uh, Russ and Harden, because they boys. You know what I mean? They go back to high school. Um, and at this juncture in their career, both of them, you know, without rings, uh, haven't been to the finals since they were previously teammates in OKC. Um, maybe it speaks to the urgency that they feel um, to, you know, get to the finals, compete for a championship, uh, which would speak to their confidence in each other or just the situation in Houston to do that. You know, you do have to keep in mind GM is out, head coach gone. So you're getting really a probably a total overhaul just in like philosophy, you know what I mean? While you may, uh, even if you still had the same players, like, yeah. Yeah. So now you're, you're going to have kind of a different, uh, different philosophy and approach to it. So maybe they're looking like, like when I hear we don't want to play together, I wonder if that's more 
we don't want to continue this, like specifically what's going down here. Uh, Cause I, I really couldn't imagine guys being cool for that long, both still, you know, still in and around your prime and then just like, nah, I don't fuck with it. But if it is the case, I think at some point we got to look at Harden the same with the same like semi narratives that I've seen with LeBron saw it with, with Kobe. Like if, if Russ is saying that now, um, we had that same issue with CP three Dwight, uh, wanted out of there, you know, it was vocal about it. That there may have also been, uh, about D'Antoni in that system, but the system, at the you know forefront, uh, the head of that was Harden, you know, tip of that spear. So, you know, we're starting to see kind of a trend here. So, and there's plenty of voices um, in in the NBA media uh, who will kind of proliferate that that criticism about his style, about Harden's style of play. Um, and whether it's winning basketball and what effect it has on the rest of the team. So I think at some point, maybe shouldn't we take a look at that? Like, I, I'm, I'm not trying to paint players in a certain type of light, but he does have a very particular, had a very particular style thus far uh, in Houston. And you got to wonder, like, how easy is it to play with him on that team with that style. Uh, but it's a little disappointing. Like, I, I liked when they first uh, made the trade for Westbrook. Like, I was excited about it, and I'd like to see it have another run outside of, you know, a truncated season, interrupted season, the bubble playoffs. Like, I'd like to see how it played out, especially now that D'Antoni's gone, Daryl Moore's gone, like, see what kind of adjustments they were going to make. Well, for 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 whatever this is worth, Steven Silas, the new head coach of the Houston Rockets, shout out to him by the way, it's really dope. They got another that. minority coach. Yeah. Let's get it. Uh, I think it's now because the NBA has that issue too. Let's yeah, I was about to say I think there's seven black head coaches in the NBA. Um, but he said he's going to try to keep things as, as close to what they were as possible, and that's kind of what they're going to have to do. They 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 did a lot to get Russ. They sent they sent a lot of assets away. Uh, they do own their 2022 and 2023 draft picks, but Russ's contract's gonna be tough to move, man. He's gonna be making about 40 million dollars for the next three years. Um, and so the subtext of this entire conversation to me now, whether or not they want to play together, I don't know. Because Stephen A. Smith, I think, is the only one that's reporting that. Um, but whether or not they want to play together, that's one thing. The the thing that interests me is if you think what you saw from Russ was age. Or was it the fact that he was coming off an injury and coming off of COVID and could never get his rhythm? That's really a lot of what this And that's what I happened. think. Because he was playing really well before the before, before that. The, exactly. The, the league shut down. Once they got rid exactly. of Capella and that opened up that offense and allowed for more drives with Russ, he, he he increased their pace. He made them really good. It's some spots where Harden was bad. Harden had some it was kind of lagging while uh, right before the end uh, I guess the first end of the season. Uh, during the regular season. He he had struggled a little bit, and Russ had taken over. It's really about whether or not you think that there's anything left there because some of the teams that are talking about Russ going to, like, they're not going to take on that contract 
without some sort of sweetener. And if you start selling those pieces away, the future stuff away, and then you still have Harden, I mean, that doesn't that doesn't work. I mean, I love P.J. Tucker, Raleigh, North Cac all day, 919, you know what it is. But he's 36 now. Um, and so, like, a lot of this has contended upon him being able to play heavy minutes at the center position. I don't know if you really want to put that sort of pressure on him physically for an entire season. You know what I mean? Like, um, yeah. and it's To me, the only – go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, on that note, if you're sending Russ or Harden, like one or the other out, you absolutely need to be looking for a big man in return. Like, I know they, I know Silas may be saying he's going to try to keep it as close as possible. I would encourage and think you would try to do that while assuaging like PJ Tucker's minutes at center. Like, I think you can get a bigger guy than him. Like, even if you want to go small, maybe a, a 6'8", 6'9", guy, so that PJ can do a little bit more time at the four. Like, out here trying to guard uh, Anthony Davis, and he, he did a commendable job, but doing that all the time? Come on, man. Nah, you need to be looking to get a solid guy to play those center minutes because, uh, yeah, he's not going to hold up doing that. Okay, so we're going to get to um, – we're going to try to get through these really quickly because there's there have been some NBA rumors for trades, and I just want to get your quick reaction to them. And I'll save your team for last. But there, there's been talk about uh, Miles Turner and Drew Holiday and separate tra- transactions, Miles for Gordon Hayward um, and Drew Holiday for somebody – oh, for Kimba, essentially. There would be other bits and pieces t- to those trades, obviously. But about them going to the Celtics, how good would that make the Celtics? So it all depends on those younger guys, you know, Tatum, Brown, the Jays. If you're going to ship out, you know, Hayward or Kimba, you know, one of your veteran proven scorers, you're really expecting those guys to continue their ascension, specifically as scorers, because Buckets count, and and they've made great strides in other areas. Uh, I think Tatum this season, defensively and uh, as a playmaker, uh, really made great strides. Because I was wondering if he was going to be one-dimensional for the rest of his career. So, you know, if they can continue to make those strides, then I think though either any of those trades, you know, getting a Miles Turner or getting a, a Drew Holiday. Uh, would actually propel them. Because Kimba, I know he hit, like, some big buckets um, during the playoffs in certain spots. But overall, I don't know. I, I just – I could see – I could see it is starting to kind of chip away uh, for him. You know what I mean? He's a, he's a small point guard, wrong side of 30. You know, y'all may be able to strike in the next two years with him. But after that, uh, it could get bad quick. So, you know, if you can flip that, and Hayward hasn't really looked great since since that injury. So if you can flip those guys, get a little younger or improve um, in another area, say, you know, as a big man with Miles Turner um, on those boards where they were getting punished a lot in the playoffs, like I, I think that could take them to the next level. 
Uh, I'm a really so good fan of with that, I hope they yeah. don't make in, any of those trades. Right. I, so where do you have them, like in terms of one, two, three, four, wherever in the East? I say right now, going into next season, I still I put them. I want to see what happens with the Sixers if they end up making some kind of trade. But as it stands right now, I say third. I say number three behind uh, the Heat and the Bucks. I know people are gonna like say slick stuff about the Bucks, but I'm very confident if the Bucks and the Celtics had played in a in a series, Bucks would have spanked that ass. So yeah, I I'd pick them about third. Uh, I think I got everybody behind the Nets, uh, but but yeah. Oh, I forgot about the Nets. My bad. All right. I did I did what I've criticized everybody else for doing, but it's literally just from not seeing them. But yeah, of course. Okay. So fourth. My bad. Um, and then last one, DeMar DeRozan to Lakers for Danny Green and Kuzma. Obviously, not that's not a fully fleshed out thing. These are just uh, yeah. I don't like that one. Yeah, it I don't just, like that. Just, just extend Kuzma, bro. Like just yeah. extend Kuzma. He's younger, gonna do pretty much the same things DeRozan is doing. Like, and that's I think DeRozan has had really remarkable past, basically since getting to the Spurs. I don't think he's gotten enough credit maybe because they weren't as good or they were losing, but you know, he, you can only control what you can control and he was balling out, but nah, man, like what, what is he bringing that the Lakers need? Uh, I would you assume know he, he would probably be mostly four years for your half court offense and with the Lakers. Like they're, yeah. they're really good in transition. They are phenomenal defensively. If there is a weakness, it is that they can get a little stagnant. Uh, in the half court, if if you're stagnant in half court, um, get get the ball out of certain people's hands, um, and let other people who are gifted and excel um, in ISO situations or just with the ball in their hand more activity, um, and l- let's see what they can do. Like Kuzma's 25 years old. Uh, he's shown the ability to give you, like, on any given night, that man can go for 30, go for 40, and he can do it in a myriad of ways. He, he kind of reminds me of, uh, of Anton Jameson a oh, little bit. You know what I'm saying? Oh, okay. You got him. You yeah, and the style. You got Kuz being a lot better than I – I like Kuzma, but, I mean, like, mm. I thought, I, thought I, I, liked his, I liked his most recent – the most recent time we saw him where he was just a lot more energetic moving without the ball and stuff like that. And previous years, or in pre- yeah, previous years, he's been more like, oh, I'm going to take the ball from the ISO from a high wing position and try to do something. And that's not really – like, to me, that is where DeRozan – like, being an ISO scorer, DeRozan's a better ISO scorer than Kuzma is. Um, maybe Kuzma can, can get to that sort of level, but, like, right now, that's not who he is. I like Kuzma as a floor spacer a little bit better because DeRozan's been, you know, kind of characteristically shy. Hold on. Wait, 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 wait. Like him as a floor spacer better than DeRozan? Yeah. I mean, I wasn't. You flipped out at the Anton Jameson. Like, that's more where Anton, you talk about like that uh, in-between game. You know what I mean? The floaters, like, if I can get you, get a smaller guy, uh, get a smaller guy on me, you know, back down, spin off of him, little uh, in-between game, floaters, up and under. Like, that's Kuzma. He's got a lot of uh, – he's got kind of a package – there in the half court and 
I don't think he's been able to like get into that or be featured since AD and LeBron got there. Like the first season with LeBron, he got to flex a little more, but it was honestly a lot more when LeBron went down. And then definitely once AD came in, he kind of got relegated more to like spot up, spot up shots, maybe some cuts here and there, but he's also, he's a really smart cutter. Um, So I'd, I'd like to just see, a little more involvement with him, but it's hard because to get him in that action means you got to get him on the floor with those guys. And that's tough because he plays the same position as Bron and AD. If AD doesn't want to play center. Right. And that's what DeRozan would allow you. He he is a more of a perimeter player. He's not a guy that is going to be fighting with them for, for forward minutes. The thing that I don't like about DeRozan, he's been really bad defensively. And, you know, at this point in his career, he is who he is. Um, so much so that even when you have good defensive players like Deontay Murray or Derek White with the Spurs, you still can't hide him. Um, and so, like, that's that would be problematic. And, and the Lakers' superpower is the defense. Uh, and I don't think you want to go adding too many people that are going to take away from that while only making laterally different, not even necessarily better. Yeah. Offense. Especially, especially if you're gonna lose uh, KCP, you know what I mean. Like one of your better uh, guard and perimeter defenders. Like you can't risk getting a worse defender in a trade. Cause Kuzma got way better this season yeah. defensively. So, uh, nah, I'm not shipping out a better defender for an older player who can't shoot threes or doesn't shoot threes. No, I'm cool. That's real. Um, Karen, if they want to hear more about your, your hot, spicy takes on the Lakers <laughs> or anything like that, where can they catch you on social media? Caliente Twitter. That would be Lord underscore of the underscore fly. Lord of the fly. Jeff Goldblum. Instagram. Lord underscore underscore Carrington. Holla at me. You know what I mean? Let's uh, give me some memes. I'm going to come back. I'm going to come back next week with those political memes. I just got to gotta get refreshed. I'm going to go to the bookmarks. But yeah, holla at me. Anybody who knows Brendan, you know what I'm saying? Hit my DMs with, with some dirt or some jokes. Let's go. I'm happy to chop it up with you. I think, I think Garrett had the best one from the big picture. Uh, that's up on thatsblackmail.com or you can go to <clears throat> wherever you are listening to this shit at um he had uh the i don't know if you saw the one with uh the avengers where it's just like multiple like mm-hmm. and, and at, at the end it's just random people like sean connery's in there for some reason so, <laughs> no why was sean in there? i mean rest in peace to my dog you know <laughs> you're yeah, my now dog yeah, nothing to do with the political but yeah the on your left with the with joe biden is captain america and then yeah. the end game, like it was it was it was pretty solid. I really, I really. That, no, that one was ill. That was that, that one was, was, that was the most impressive one that I saw. All right, and if you want to catch me, all my stuff is uh, the same title: H U Cosell, H U C O S E L L. At Twitter is is with the at Instagram, same thing. Or if you want to catch some of my written work, it's H U Cosell.com. If you want to catch the, uh, the the piece that I referenced earlier, that's on Sports Channel Eight. It's the NBA MBPA. Just search that, and it will pop up. For Carrington. For myself, y'all stay safe. Y'all stay easy. This pandemic ain't going nowhere unless we mask up and and, and, and take care of each other, all right? Uh, 
Uh, but we yeah, love yeah. you. We love you. You're beautiful. All right. We love you. Bye.